the slippery slope fallacy is a fallacy when incorrectly used, but there are slippery slopes. <laughs> this is one of them. Yeah, I don't. You keep talking about slippery fallacies, and I'm not. What, is, <laughs> yeah. what, is, what does that mean? Back to the next episode of the Do Less podcast. Today, Jeff and John want to talk about their favorite, one and only Janet Yellen, and some of her most recent proposals. Um, which one of you wants to kick us off with a little intro of what's been going on the past few weeks? Yeah, I wish she, uh, her proposals were to me because I'm in love with her. <laughs> Very fair point. <laughs> She's beauty. She's great. <laughs> All right, John, why don't you tell us uh, what's been recently proposed and where you think it's going to go? Yeah, so she, you know, came out. They're talking about the uh, Build Back Better bill or whatever it's called, $3.5 trillion of spending. Mm-hmm. She proposed this idea of um, taxing unrealized capital gains in order to fund it partially and um yeah she's an economic powerhouse so she knows what she's talking about and uh she's got the country's best interests in mind so i i I for one give her a lot of credit for being so bold and brave you're exuding with sarcasm (laughs) no man i'm serious that's uh i'm always one to really respect um you know the the economists that get put in charge they have a great deal of experience and knowledge and wisdom. So I, I'm just, uh, I'm glad we can witness such a, a brave act of, um, yeah, just so brave. I, I just can't, I can't fully comprehend it. I don't think, I don't think that's, I think that's the thing. I don't, I don't think I fully comprehend the, the greatness I'm witnessing. You're just happy to witness. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a Super Bowl every, every day with her. <laughs> I missed that because my headphones died, but I think we were talking about the, uh, was it the Build Back Collectively Bill? Build build Back Better. BBC. I think it's Build Back Collectively. BBC, Bill. (laughs) Is it? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah. Uh, And uh, are you a supporter? (laughs) If I'm not, is it racist? (laughs) <laughs> you're asking the wrong guy well Jeff in a separate <laughs> conversation you were telling me you love BBC so I, I don't know what you would have a problem with this it's a great news network I don't I, who wouldn't <laughs> that, oh yeah that's what we were talking about uh, sorry I sidetracked us but what, what did she actually say in the um, meeting I think you wrote down the whole quote right John you wrote it in your diary. Uh, let's play a clip. Well, you see, guys, this is this is what we really need because this is this is going to be great for the country because well, they they've had it too good for too long, and you know the amount of efficiency that can be added to this system. <laughs> she uh, proposed that we tax unrealized capital gains. Uh. 
well, and she also said, so, so what it means is if you hold assets, stocks or real estate and they go up in price and you sell them, you've just realized a capital gain and you get, and there's capital gains taxes that you pay. If they're un, if they're unrealized capital gains, that means your asset that you purchased went up in price. So you bought a stock at $10 and went to $20 before you even sell it. You're on the hook for a capital gain on the has er, quote unquote on the wealthiest individuals so she's saying billionaires that have you know options or that have uh you know the the majority or the minority equity of their company uh that goes up in value would be on the hook for you know potentially millions of capital gains tax because she was saying that's their income like jeff bezos we've talked about on the podcast before his income is like a sat his salary is like 70k is what he gets paid from Amazon, but he owns whatever fifty-one uh, percent, or is he majority shareholder? Uh, I don't even know. But he own, he owns Amazon stock. That's his wealth. He he owns the company. So she, so she was saying if you t if you can tax his unrealized capital gains, that means the amount that Amazon goes up would now trigger a capital gains tax for him rather than waiting for him to sell out of his position. Because otherwise, taxing him on 70K, people get upset and they say, oh, they pay close to zero income tax based on their wealth. And it's like, yeah, because they don't have any income. It's capital gains. So she was proposing that don't wait till they sell. Tax them every year. Tax, tax them millions and millions of dollars each year um, based on the amount that their capital has appreciated. Right. Which is obviously thought, a very new idea. I thought unrealized capital gains were just when you didn't realize you had capital gains. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one question on how that would work. I, I don't know how uh, detailed her proposal was, but <clears throat> what happens in a scenario where um, Jeff Bezos's Amazon stock goes up in value by 50% one year? He gets taxed on it, and then it goes down 50% the next year. Um, is there tax write-offs for unrealized capital losses? So questions like that. Well, Jeff, do you want to take that one? Or... Um, I don't think she had a very detailed proposal. That, like, I think this is like one of those things where they're just like, you know, putting something out there just to test the water, feel the air, like, see what people think. Yeah. And... Um, I think I, I'm sure some people had like a positive reaction to it, but like anyone who owns anything other than U.S. dollars had an extremely negative reaction because even if you own a home, right? If your house appreciates by a hundred thousand dollars, you know, and then you owe whatever capital gains is on that, which is like twenty-eight percent now or something like that. So that'd be like 28K you owe in taxes. And then if it just drops 100K the next year, then you didn't make any money. Like you just now had to pay 28K just, but you didn't From gain volatility. any wealth, any income or any, yeah, it was just volatility, exactly. Yeah. And then you add into that, the fact that asset prices are being pressured up with all the you know money printing and low interest rates. Like, it, like your average, asset holder is going to get killed by a proposal like that. 
Yeah. So, and, I mean, it wasn't super specific, but I just don't see how there's any way to implement anything like this that isn't a complete disaster. So, it, it is just baffling, though, that, like, you know, Janet Yellen's the uh, Treasury Secretary, so, you know, the authority on our finances and to propose such a like preposterous way of you know paying for spending it, it's just like I, I don't even really know what to make it's like it's astounding because it's just like who who the heck can afford to hold any kind of assets if you're gonna have to be paying insane taxes every year if they go up every year because you're right. not. You don't have any cash to pay those taxes until you exactly. sell. <clears throat> right. So it's so it's crazy. Yeah. The point point you're getting at there was like the obvious problem is if your house your home value goes up at 100 grand one year, that's not cash in your pocket. That's like a potential value of a house you could sell. Obviously, again, she's applying this to like billionaires holding companies, so not every everyone with a you know quarter million dollar house. But in any event, that's not cash in someone's pocket. So. Um, <clears throat> You know, charging taxes on money that's not in your pocket is a pretty difficult thing for anyone to stomach. Um, but yeah, I think uh, it's important to note that I think we all, the three of us anyway, see this as a very unlikely uh, proposal to go through, it, uh, to get past, that is. Um, seems super unlikely, but um, really the problem that we're discussing here is how uh, problematic it is for something like that to even be proposed um, or how preposterous it is, uh, preposterous it is to put in your words, Jeff. Yeah. It's, and in fact, it's disqualifying in my opinion. So mm -hmm. like, it's one thing like Jeff, you mentioned, it's like, she's just putting it out there to see how people react and like kind of gauge like public perception of like um, a new measure potentially. And it's like, I, I have a problem with that on its face. Sure. But to say something so economically illiterate, or actually, <laughs> more specifically, it's financially illiterate. Like, this is completely like someone who's never owned a stock before in their life. <laughs> it's like, it's not enough to just say like, oh, that was weird she said that, but she was just testing the waters. It's like, somebody who says this should not be in a position, like, we should understand that this person should not be in a, in a, a position of authority on, on matters such as this. Like, someone who's in potentially imposing new taxes or uh proposing the new the new imposition of taxes who brings this up it should be like oh it's clear you're not you can't be in charge <laughs> like oh <laughs> thanks for telling us yeah get out <laughs> like, it's like, thanks for identifying yourself yeah it's like <laughs> oh yeah it's like oh okay i got you yeah <laughs> please get out <laughs> you're fired <laughs> like we like she is a she works for us i mean the way the constitution is written like it's government of the people by the people you know it's like you sorry it's not working out <laughs> it's like we're your boss and you're and it, it needs to be a position we need to be put her in a point where there's no way she can ever be taken seriously again like oh you're the person who proposed capital gains tax on unrealized gains yeah, I'm not gonna listen to what you have to say. <laughs> like, <laughs> you have no, you have no more bearing on what can be considered uh, intellectual discourse in this realm because you've just disqualified yourself. Well, Dale, you brought up a good point that I also wanted to address, which is um, 
you mentioned, oh, this is only going to be on like billionaires or whatever income bracket yeah. or, you know. Um, and I think that's like a lot of people who would defend a, t- a tax such as this would say, you know, it's only on this top, whatever. Um, but I think to address that specifically, it needs to be clear that, okay, those people are the largest asset holders. If you now increase the cost of holding assets to the largest at group of asset holders, they're going to probably sell maybe not all their assets, but some assets which are no longer, no longer, you know, sort of make sense to hold because, right. you know, just depending on how it shakes out, certain things aren't going to be as, you know, appealing. And that would cause a huge like supply shock, huge selling pressure, and that would yeah. affect everyone, right? So if there's a giant sale on assets, that's going to affect, you know, any participants in the stock market, real estate, whatever else um, is getting sold. And then that's just one side of the coin that affects that. The other side is inflation creeps people into higher and higher tax brackets. So for example, the most obvious example is the income tax when it was first introduced was introduced under the exact same premise where it was only going to be on like the, you know, one per top one percent of income earners and so i mean you know you can say now that we all most people pay it or actually it's technically not even most but about half of americans pay it you might say that's a good thing that's fine that's not the point here the point is it was intended to only be for the top one percent and it didn't stay that way because inflation creeps people into that higher income bracket and there's a pressure to bring that bracket down because it generates more revenue for the government. So there's political pressure to do it. So I, I think like the point that it's, oh, it's only for these people and it's not, you know, I, I don't think that's like a valid point if people yeah. do try to bring that up. Because it's, it's opening the door to uh, right just applying that to more and more people. Yeah, people sure. say that the slippery, like slippery slope, which is essentially that art, that argument it's like it's a fallacy it's like oh like imposing this tax on the wealthiest will then eventually you know open the door for them to be able to tax everyone else and then someone might respond to that and say oh that's just a slippery slope fallacy so that's not a logical argument but it's like no that's the example the income tax like that was a slippery slope once they passed the income tax on the wealthiest, they were able to then just expand it. Like every time, like, oh, like during wartime, they were like, oh, it's wartime. So obviously everyone needs to pay the income tax. And then the people were like, if you said at that time, it's like, well, this is a slippery slope. You're just going to tax us in peacetime, <laughs> you know, on mm-hmm. our income. Oh, no, that's a slippery slope fallacy. You can't say that. It's like, well, what happened? You, you know, it's not a fallacy. Like there are slippery, it, the slippery slope fallacy is a fallacy when incorrectly used, but there are slippery slopes. <laughs> this is one of them. All right. Yeah. I don't, you keep talking about slippery fallacies and I'm not, what, is, <laughs> yeah, what, is, right. what does that mean? <laughs> that's all, that's all you could hear. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what you said, but I probably agree with you. It has a slippery <laughs> fallacy. <laughs> right in my, right in my wheelhouse. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff is just like, yep. 
Yes. You can look, a lot of people have addressed this and just there's so many examples of like why this is not feasible. Um, or if it, or even if it was feasible, I'm sure or it may be feasible by like some totalitarian government who just, you know, it's trying to make a point that they can do it. And then just the absolute ruin that would come from it. But another reason, like logistically, why I don't think it would work is because you need to be uh, assessed. So, right, you, you, you get your um, appraisal of your assets and then you get a levy to tax based on the appraisal, right? But that's the thing about assets, like especially stocks, like it's extremely liquid. So on one day you might have a gain, on the next it might be a loss, you know, for a lot of people. So any day that you've been assessed on your you know ta assessed on your um appraisal the tax based on the appraisal right you, you can file an amended return like the next week or the next day even so it's like on the day it's like everyone's taxes are due april 15th or whatever and it's like if i submit my taxes in february and i have such and such capital gain and then the next week i have less capital gain that i'm showing yeah, so everybody who has the ability to everybody who's been appraised on their their um their, their assets the, the worth of their assets can just wait a week as long as it's before the filing deadline and re and resubmit a uh, amended return and so what does that mean for the irs they have no way of processing amended returns from like millions of people every week it's just like right. Uh, or it just you everybody waits until the last day at which point the IRS loses their efficiency of being able to process returns on a more um, like spread out through the year basis and it's just all the crunch time at one like once you know everyone has to submit at one time and it's just like there's just logistically like it won't it wouldn't work like <laughs> yeah you can also apply for like extended time to submit um yeah, right. <laughs> yeah and so everyone would just do that and yeah do i need a i need an extension because my the company i own is submitting their earnings next week and i think they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna not beat their yeah. earnings for, <laughs> forecast and so <clears throat> that my assets are going to go down and i want to pay those taxes not these taxes <laughs> right so it's a total logistical logistical nightmare yeah <clears throat> it is kind of like it just feels kind of like surreal to just have such like incompetence in like leadership you know it's, it's just like it's not even realistic you know like like you just said like there's nothing about this proposal that's realistic like if you want to increase taxes to pay for more you know safety nets or whatever it's like that's a debate to be had but like this idea for funding it belongs nowhere in the conversation so it's it's just so surreal to me that like the people we have occupying uh you know positions of authority just being so old <laughs> so incompetent like why are they all so old and why like why can't we get someone in their prime who's like a serious person it just it feels it's so strange to me yeah I mean, I think like, there's a lot I, of incentives against, uh, like, smart, successful people taking those positions. Yeah, that's true. I'm, but it's just like, I, don't know, I can't imagine anyone I've ever worked for, like, coming up with this idea. You know what I mean? Like, Agreed. They would all be like, this is idiotic. 
<laughs> well, the people that I could think of that would come up with it are just people that just hate rich people so much that they're blinded by their ability to... Right, but it's like, I don't know, any company I've ever worked for just knows how absurd. And it's not like all companies just are anti-government. There's plenty of, like, democratic... Wait, what do you mean company? People. Versus, I'm just like, saying individuals? people who run businesses. I'm saying oh. I feel like any... Yeah, your average business owner would immediately identify how preposterous this is, but it's like right. you could have left-leaning people or whatever running a business who would propose. It kind of makes me think of like, um, obviously, I wasn't really like I don't think any of us were super politically conscious at the time, but like when like the war, like the uh, the war machine, like the generals and the um, like. Uh, I don't know, like Colin Powell and people like them were like, oh, we need to go invade because they have weapons of mass destruction. And people were like, okay, like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. And then we did and they didn't. And then everyone's just like, that doesn't make sense. And then they're just like, yeah, we really need to win this war. And then, like, I feel like people at that time were just like, well, you, no, like, you, you're disqualified. And then they're just like, no, we just got to keep fighting this war. And it's just like, what you were saying, Jeff, like this, it's like surreal in nature. It's like, um, it's like these, like, we're just told this and we're just like, no, I don't like, that's not true. And they're just like, yeah, it's tough, isn't it? <laughs> it's like, no, no. Like what you're saying is like wrong. And then like, yeah, it's, it's really tough. We got to win this war though. Don't, don't you agree? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it seems like uh, a lot of government has become like a retirement plan for people. <clears throat> That's pretty sadly true. <laughs> yeah. I worry especially about um, the people in those positions regulating things or trying to regulate things like cryptocurrencies and NFTs and like social media companies. Like there's <clears throat> plenty of examples of like those uh, hearings with Facebook and, and Google and whatnot that are just like <laughs> absurd questions getting asked. They're Hilarious. like so embarrassing and like it's it's funny, but it's also like scary. Right. <laughs> like a lot of those comments. It's so funny. Like if you just like distill down that conversation, it's not exactly what it was, but but like if you can imagine the conversation being like, it's like I want you to just leave me alone when I'm dealing with with this this like whatever i'm dealing with bitcoin or you know whatever and then they're just like no it, explain it to me so i can tax you it's <laughs> like no i'd rather just you know like not be involved i'd rather not be involved it's like yeah so anyway tell me how it works so that i can <laughs> take it from you it's like, it's like <laughs> they're like uh, excuse me mark is there any chance the facebook can bring down the internet <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, those wires they get crossed it could be really bad don't you agree uh no you're thinking about it all wrong but if you could understand what i'm saying like that would be really bad so um we're gonna have to take we're gonna have to take you're like uh okay <clears throat> did you see the, the the one um i don't know if it's a senator or congressman or something um grilling Zuckerberg and he asked the question like what are you going to do about Finstagrams 
He's like, uh, sir, I don't think you know what that is. <laughs> Why are you asking that? This Instagram sure. must be stopped. <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do about Instagrams? So that's like, uh, you know, usually 15-year-old girls that don't want their parents to see their Instagram account. <laughs> uh, I don't know what you want us to do about that. <laughs> that's what you're worried about. It's so like, they're like, I've got 8,000 troops on standby. Just tell me when to invade Finstagram. <laughs> <laughs> It is pretty crazy, like, just how out of touch I feel like just everyone in Congress is. Right. And then it's like, and then he's like, well, now we're going to introduce the metaverse. And Congress is like, very nice. (laughs) 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 Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. It's not even Facebook anymore, right? I think there's no way people stop calling it Facebook, though, right? Yeah, I think what is this um, good for, for sh- my Shibu Inu? My entire net worth is now in Shiba Shibu Inu, Inu currency. <laughs> Very fiscally responsible. Protect your family, Jeff. That was a good, good call. Since Trump has Restore unveiled that value. he's Trump is working on a social media platform to come to compete, and I think he should uh, if like Facebook changes his name. Well, I guess Facebook did change his name, so Trump should call his Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Are you not using that anymore? It's mine. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that URL is for sale? Yeah, right. (laughs) You should go buy it. (laughs) Let's just buy Facebook and have it redirect to (laughs) doless.com. Yeah, right. doespodcast.com yes oh whoops <laughs> still still plugged doespodcast.com do <laughs> I a just plugged bump. someone else's website yeah <laughs> I'm not convinced Mark Zuckerberg's a real human though you guys watch that press conference <laughs> uh the unveiling one or which which yeah one? where he's like we're meta now yeah, I, I watched clips of that. I watched thing. I saw the Good. barbecue sauce. Any highlights? The, the uh, shelf. Um, the highlight is bizarre. <laughs> it's like I feel like I'm just not living in reality anymore. <laughs> it's like if it just felt like something from like a sitcom, it literally felt like Silicon, like an episode of Silicon Valley. Yeah, like just like very poorly scripted, like bad animation, and like <laughs> it's like they're like trying to be subtle, and it's so in your face of like exactly every point they're trying to say. They're like, "How do we tell them that like you can like transact in the metaverse?" And then they're like, "Oh, look at this artwork! Oh, it's fading away! Oh, I have to go tip the artist so that it can remain here longer." And it's just like, okay, so you can tip people for the art. <laughs> it's like. Got it. Didn't Facebook release a cryptocurrency? Yeah. Um, they were going to do that, like, basket of currencies. How's that compared to the various dog coins? Yeah. 
We should make a dog coin ETF, like just all the different coins with dog memes associated with it. It has to be dogs, yeah. Yeah, I just like to think there was like someone like legit at Facebook who was like behind all of like their whatever, like their crypto development. And then like that was right around the time when like the dog coins started like taking off and they were just like, I quit. Like I'm not going to be in this space because I'm actually competent. And then Facebook was like, oh, okay, we're not doing it anymore. <laughs> it's like we our guy he left we don't we, we're not <laughs> developing anymore. yeah i i feel like people who are big on bitcoin like have got to admit it doesn't look good on bitcoin for like its performance to be like outperformed by like memes <laughs> well that's, that's the true. It's the like the most poignant thing because that's what every Bitcoiner would tell you. Oh, the best performing asset ever, like ever in the history of man. This is the and then it's like, yeah, but no, but now this little dog coin is, and they're just like, that's not a good metric to use. It's like we were saying that, we were telling you that. Well, what they should do is just, uh, I mean, what a smart investor would do is just track, um, like Reddit comments on across cryptos and see what what's getting the most uh like hot likes and comments and just buy it seems foolproof foolproof let's get some uh closing thoughts in on um janet yellen would you like to start us off um if you're listening, I'm available. <laughs> That's I'm the sure Yeah, I'm sure she's yeah. <laughs> I don't care how dumb your ideas are. You're the girl for me. <laughs> Janet Young, you've got that that sweet government pension. That <laughs> This is never going to face a capital gains tax. Uh, yeah, my final thought would be, um, it is, it is like we joke, but it is like damaging. Like that's, it, if anything, they they're able to just say these things and just like walk it back. Like, oh, never mind. We just wanted to see how you'd react, and it's just like, there's yeah. no recourse. Like, what is the recourse? It's like we have to hold them to what they said. Like this, they can't say that stuff. Well, yeah, it's kind of like, um, uh, just what is the recourse right like anymore it's like you got you know basically two factions of like 70 million a piece who just hate each other and it's like you try to get those two groups to be like hey um listen this person in uh this one position did something silly uh can we agree to get the next guy in to you know put someone more competent it's like no they fucking hate each other so yeah <laughs> it's just like right. how are you gonna get you know incremental gains when it's like just no matter what we got to make sure our guy is in or whatever you know like i don't it just i feel like the polarization we have just allows for more incompetence because it it, it becomes less important i guess yeah and it's almost like if the the um opposing side is successful it's like get her out get her out and it's like okay fine she's out and then they 
bringing someone else and then the new person's just like okay so we're talking about unrealized capitalized gains <laughs> unrealized capital gains <laughs> and then just like hits the ground running with it and it's like they're worse <laughs> Yeah, I think to your point, I think it's uh, pretty absurd that like proposals like this could just get like thrown out without any, like they get thrown out for vetting, just like by like public opinion, even if they have like no chance of ever like getting approved or going through any process, but it does kind of nothing but tell you like the political leanings and thought processes of the politicians making these proposals, but yeah and it's just like i I don't know it it feels more like signaling than like anything else like exactly yeah which is just i don't know that's no matter what team you're on that's not what you want you know government to be doing you want it to be serious (laughs) right but it's like it's very unserious in an era where the entire pretense has dropped on the fact that like oh we need billionaires money to run the government it's like you guys just spent a lot the last year running a four trillion dollar deficit it's like what what did you have to take it from the billionaires no you just printed it you know it's like this idea that we need to do this because it's going to help us function or be able to fund the government it's like well we know that's not the case (laughs) like (laughs) that's a false pretense that we are all aware of now yeah if we need to take it from the billionaires, and we just need more billionaires. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but it's like yeah. the funny thing is like I don't want to get too into like the MMT people, but the whole MMT thing is like you can just print it. You know, you can print the money to pay for things, and that, I mean they're mm-hmm. not wrong. Like you can do it that way, and that's kind of the point, right? It's like why are, ultimately government gets paid for one way or another and then taxes are essentially just create incentives right so it's like you know how you take the money from people is going to change behavior one way or another and so you you know you can play games with that all you want but at the end of the day are do we want to spend the money and are we going to take the money or not like that's the question so it's like to propose such a terrible way of paying for government is just like so bizarre to me because it's like mm-hmm. just say okay we're gonna raise income taxes something we know that generally doesn't have super horrible incentives <laughs> like i don't know it's just weird or just print it you know <laughs> And they have no, and they have the shield under the fact that it's like the idea of like taxing income is like you're taxing, uh, like work. Like if you want people to work less, well, how about charging them a penalty for every time they work and they get paid for their work? It's like that's what the income tax is. But there's no way to compare what, how much work would have gotten done without the income tax because. The income tax exists and there's no parallel realities that we can study where there is no income tax exists and be like, look, no income tax, look how much more work got done and how much more productive people were. It's like you impose this penalty on work 
and it had an effect and we have no idea what the effect was so you can just go on operating as if it was like harmless never not really know how much harm it did cause and the same thing goes for like if you tax wealth it's like well now you're penalizing someone who gave society goods and services and in return took like titles and ownerships and paper like dollars as opposed to cons consuming or you know spending or like whatever so it's like those people <laughs> like we have no idea how much it will impact it but I, like on its face imposing a penalty on accumulating wealth is like it's like i don't really understand how you could drive society into poverty faster than saying if you're wealthy we're gonna take it from you it's like <laughs> it's like wow no one's wealthy no one yeah like to me i don't know like the best way to pay for government is just like a negative income tax and which essentially the way it works <clears throat> is you know if you make a certain amount of money um below uh like what you would consider like universal basic amount you get extra right so you get like a negative income right uh, income tax essentially so if you're like make very little you get like your taxes are essentially negative and then you have essentially like a continuous like a, um, a smooth slope upward across all incomes, right? And so that has no bad incentives because you always have an incentive to earn more, right? And so the debate can be around, okay, how much money, you know, how, how what should be like the slope and the intercept of that curve, right? Because, you know, and then you can basically get rid of everything else, right? Because for those of you at home, me, it's, it's, for those it's, watching, it's sort of like what he's referring to yeah. is instead of a graph that goes like this, like with income, the more income you get, the more um, money you receive. But there's like a point at which the slope tapers off. So it's like it's still increasing up to that minimum basic amount, and then it increases faster with the marginal. So and I'll illustrate all that through post-processing. I'll draw the lines in space. So that the viewers can see what I was. Uh... Yeah, I don't know if that helped at all. But the point is, essentially, <laughs> <laughs> you have a guaranteed amount of income, right? Everyone likes to talk about UBI, and then you strictly will make more money, no matter how. Like, if you earn more, you'll make more. There's no kinks in the curve. There's no nothing. So it's just, you know, it. There's no bad incentives um, in that system. And then the debate is how much should we tax right that that's the debate but like it there really shouldn't be a debate about how we do it because anytime you like you know we have all these programs where it's like um you know public education food stamps yada yada, yada. and i don't we don't need to get super into a debate about this but if you just think about it right you have a budget and you have a constraint on that budget so like you can only afford a certain number of things if i get money for school then I have more money in my budget for other things. If I didn't get money for school, now I have less money in my budget for other things. So it's, it's all fungible. 
and it's kind of irrelevant. Like if someone gave me money specifically for education or specifically for food, it's kind of irrelevant because I can just interchange that with my budget for other things. All it does is sort of create like weird incentives. And so the point is how much money do we want to re redistribute? That's the conversation. And there's a best way to do that. And they should just do that. And it's just, I don't know. It's like all there, there's all this terrible, terrible nonsense. Like the tax code itself is like completely incomprehensible. That's why everyone has to buy TurboTax or whatever to like navigate it. Cause it's just too complicated. So there's just all these horrible incentives in the system that like we could just do away with if we just simplified the whole thing, but whatever. <laughs> it's kind of, I think I agree. <laughs> Yeah, like the philosophical, like we strayed so far away from the philosophical question of, it's like why do why do we need a government? It's like, well, if we if we pool resources and we pool decision making to a centralized entity, they can make decisions that are beyond the scope of any individual interest, and in doing so, they can make us better off. We would be at some point in the future, but with them making that decision. Yes, there's more cost in the present, but we're that much more better in the future. Like, and then some, you know? Like, the question, the, the philosophical question of government is, is the government making decisions that will obviously cost us today, but will reap the benefits in the future, right? That is the question, should there be a government? We're so far beyond that. We're, we're to the point where it's like, there is a government, and they are going to spend, and I hope I get some good some goodies out of it you know it's like we've completely lost the uh pretense that it's like they are investing in society's like capacity so that in the future we as a society are better off than we could have even been uh through individual decision making
Yeah, a lot of short-term thinking there. And people who, if you align with like a politician's doing that, it's like, well, of course they're doing that. It's like, yeah, they're human. They're only human. You blame them for that. But then if someone who you don't align with, it's like, are you, do you see this? This person is corrupt. <laughs> it's like, you see, you're making the same argument on either on both sides for just people that you align with versus people you don't. But it's like, it's like that question I asked like implies another question which is like can the government do that and it's like you don't even have to address that to address the first question which is if the if the government exists like like just humor us with the logic of how it is doing that it's like they don't even bother like trying to say like oh we're investing in you know public schools because we know public schools give you all the tools you need to succeed in this modern world we live in so obviously another marginal dollar for a public school is uh, going to help everyone. And it's just like, they don't even pretend to say that because it's not even close to true. <laughs> In fact, it's actually, that's a good example of how it's so far the opposite. It's like public schools are so bad <laughs> that we need to pay them more. <laughs> it's like... Wait a minute, but we were already giving you money to think of something good or to give us something good. And the thing you've given us is so bad that you need more money. It's like It's like saying like um it's like if you if you gave someone a bunch of money to like build a business and the the business just like is terrible and is losing all sorts of money and you like meet with them, they're like, I really fear that I'm not gonna get my money back that I paid you as an investment for this company and they're just like yes you need to give me three times the amount that you already gave me before that's it's uh it's feasible and you're just like yeah that makes sense <laughs> <laughs> here you go yeah here you go yeah, the only way this can succeed we didn't even mention the bbc bill was like 3.5 trillion dollars um and like I feel like these numbers just get thrown out now that are just like ins like insanely big and like I mean people pretend to sort of care but it's like we all know we'll find a way to pay for this it, you know we think but it's just like you know this stuff is adding up and it, 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 like we can't just keep spending ungodly amounts of money like this like you know that's another just, thing that is like disqualifying what biden says it's going to cost zero dollars because it's not going to add anything to the deficit and it's just like i i almost like don't even like bring i like didn't even think about bringing that up because it's like so like far like that's so far past the point of like being <laughs> justifiable but it's like all right let's talk about it for a second 3.5 trillion <laughs> in spending Absent that 3.5 trillion in spending, we will not get 3.5 in revenue. Like, let's just assume that what you mean is true. This this bill will pay for itself. Meaning, every every dollar of spending is offset by an additional dollar of revenue that the government will receive. It's like, so let's talk about like infrastructure. You build a bridge with that money. That bridge is going to generate its cost in like tolls in the like in by the time next year. Or what, like, by the time the bill is fully, like, um, 
the funds that are fully doled out. It's like, on its face, that's not even what an infrastructure spending project is claiming to do. Like, you don't build a bridge saying it'll pay for itself immediately. You build a bridge saying it'll pay for itself in the long run. Like, again, back to my question, like, the government's not making short-term decisions. They're making decisions that in the, in the long run will be better off than any of us could have been absent them. And it's like, a spending bill isn't even supposed to pay for itself immediately. It's supposed to be the thing that doesn't pay for itself immediately because it is going to push us into a higher echelon in the future that, you know, gives us so much that much more marginal revenue that it'll pay for itself in the long run. So it's like, you see what I'm saying? Like that in itself is disqualifying. Like you don't even understand what government spending is claiming to do. Yeah, like it is kind of just absurd to say something will pay for itself immediately because it's like, what business opportunity exists where it's like you put in the investment and you get a return literally the minute you do it? Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. I know what it is. It's Dogecoin. <laughs> Dude, I never read the bill. That's probably what it says. <laughs> the bill is probably what just if like... we just put $3.5 trillion <laughs> yeah. into Shibu Inu? <laughs> right. Biden is just like, you guys think I'm outdated or out of touch, but I, I, I truly have my finger on the pulse. <laughs> just like, YOLO is 3.5 trillion. <laughs> like, they just switched the US dollar to, like, the dog meme on, like, all, instead of, like, Ben Franklin on the 100, it's, like, the fucking dog. He's like, you guys don't understand, it's up 25% in the last two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> What could go wrong? <laughs> you can't go down. At least that would be entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> I, that would be hilarious if we just replaced all our money with like different dog memes. I'm for that. Actually. Found out that Coinbase has an API, so we linked up our treasury account with Coinbase, and our money printer is now directly tied to <laughs> any downtick of Shiba Inu will be met with a $1 billion printing <laughs> An automatic printing signal will be triggered and it'll go back up. So what you're saying is go long on Dogecoin. Yeah, yeah. Alright. Thanks for doing this. Thank you all.